Fan Ramen. Who's hungry? Holy shit! Welcome to Fan Ramen, the official podcast of Black Ramen. We are a hungry band who writes epic music for film and games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. May I take your order? I'm Ralph. Yes, I'd like more wasabi. Behind the board is our awesome sound guy. And mute apparent, the, the Kevin. Kevin. It's Mickey Mouse! Hey, Lindy. Yeah? You, you know what I feel like doing today? Um, eating ramen, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. But no, 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 no. I, I want to mess with Kevin. He's so quiet over there in his sound booth. He never speaks. Just, just look at him. I've got a secret plan. Come here, come here, come here. Okay. We should get him to talk on the show. Go ahead. Make my day. So, Ralph, you know he can hear us through are, the mics? Are you with me? Oh, um, okay. I mean, okay. Oh, what exactly is your plan? We annoy him. That's it? That's it. All right. <laughs> That's not nice. Kevin! Kevin. I can't hear you, but I can see you. Kevin. You know what I see? Kevin. Ugliness. Kevin. 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 Kevin, come here. Kevin. Talk to us, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Yo. Kevin. Man. Kevin. You're ugly. Kevin. He's not reacting, Ralph. Kevin. <gasps> Kevin. I am Batman. Kevin. You know he likes. Are you Batman? Ooh. Kevin. Kevin. I'm going to talk really loud, really close to the microphone. So you have to mix it and make it sound good. And I'm going to talk really soft, really far away from the Hey, Kevin, you have to make Ralph sound really good. That's your job. That's right. That's what you're here for. I mean, That's if Ralph says something really ugly or really horrible or really horrific, Kevin, you'd have to make it sound good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, Ralph. Ralph. Yes. You better say something really horrific about Kevin. Really horrific about Kevin? So he has to make it sound good. Kevin, your cooking is adequate. Prepare to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Let's do this. The first fic is from a video game. Deus Ex 1. Actually, the story happens before Deus Ex 1. Way back. Zirie 107 wrote this fic titled Beginnings of Navarre and Hermann, and you can find it on archiveofourown.org. Roughly 10 years before the events of Deus Ex 1 take place, Anna Navarre and Gunther Hermann have worked together for many years. Perfectly professional machines. That's how their UNATCO workmates know them. But even the mechanically augmented UNATCO agents have their own lives outside the work premises. What is it like to live as an AUG in the late 2030s? It was dark in the alleyway. After all, it was nighttime. But Agent Anna Navarre did not need light to see her targets. A group of armed criminals gathered on a square ahead. The downside was, once she exited the alley, she would be out there in the open with nowhere to hide. Luckily for her, the group was fairly small. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight bogeys in total. Eight more kills for her kill count, then. 
no hostages to worry about on this mission so the UNATCO agents would be able to shoot indiscriminately. And they were trained, unlike their opponents. A single whispered command word. Flank him. And Anna's silhouette shimmered and disappeared. Quick footsteps brought her out into the square and she squeezed the trigger. One man down. When his friends spread out in panic, waving arms and weapons around, she simply dived right into the middle of the chaos, looking for gaps so that she was able to maneuver around to get behind her targets. A perfect flanking maneuver, since a moment later, Agent Gunter Hermann charged in from the same alleyway she entered from. Unlike her, Gunter was not cloaked. No cloak would work to obscure his huge form without expending too much energy. But he did not need to fear bullets, large portions of his body being protected by subdermal ballistic armor. His machine gun fired, mowing down two men before they could return fire. The remaining men spread out even further, taking cover behind street lamps, greenery, and other fixtures, and firing their own weapons wildly. Most bullets missed Anna's assigned partner as expected, and those that did make contact simply pinged off his augmentations. Shit, that cop is augmented! Shouted one of the men. Augmented indeed! Taunted Gunter, flexing his arm for a moment before letting loose more bullets. Anna rolled her eyes at the theatrics. Ain't enough to fight a friggin' ogre! Yelled another one of their opponents and began to retreat. The movement put him straight in Navarre's line of sight. Squeezing the trigger was an automatic reaction. Her aim, aided by an augmented right eye, was not quite right this time, though. And instead of hitting the man's head, her bullet only went into his shoulder. Before he could do more than grunt, she shot him again, and he went down. The sound, however, caught the attention of the others, and Navarre could see the remaining criminals looking around, trying to pinpoint her location. Even dumb as they probably were, they realized the huge man couldn't have been the one to kill their friend. She started moving, changing positions faster than ordinary men could due to her augmented legs. Her fellow agent used their distraction to deadly effect, taking down one man and severely injuring another to the point that he dropped his gun and pressed his back against the wall, screaming loudly for mercy. Hermann, therefore, ignored him and turned to another target. Anna decided to join his side, so in order to do it as quickly as possible, she simply went straight through the middle of the square, knowing that the criminals couldn't see her anyway, and they were distracted by Gunther. It seems like a good plan, like the hundreds of times they did it, until her cloak failed. It simply switched off mid-movement, revealing her position at the worst possible moment. She was flanked by two men at point-blank range, and before she could do more than fire off one shot, which did not hit anything worth talking of, they started shooting. Obviously, she was a much more tempting target than the other agents. She did not even feel the pain when she fell, even though the logical part of Anna's brain knew they just put a lot of holes in her. Hermann's voice booming her name was the last thing she heard before she lost consciousness. 
Navarre came to and immediately recognized the sterile white of the Unatco medbay ceiling and the frowning face of Jamie Reyes, the medic. The events were a bit of a blur in her mind. She definitely lost a lot of blood, enough to alarm Agent Hermann into carrying her, and enough for her to actually let herself be carried. She winced as she remembered the feeling of her wounds being jostled, the fact that she lost perception of time. But right now, she felt fine, so she waved off Ray's, trying to stop her from sitting up. I am fine, Jamie. Do I really need to stay here? She complained while slowly examining herself. No visible wounds, check. No dizziness, check. No pain, check. Really, nothing for Ray's to do, and it seemed that he arrived at the same conclusion that she did, because he shook his head in the negative. It might be prudent for you to go home now if you don't want to stay the night in the med bay. It's already dark and, well, you know where you live and what it's like at this time of the day. I'll call for Gunther to escort you home, in fact. I know you can deal with any thugs that might try to... A minute pause. Rob you, but they don't. And I'd rather not see you here tomorrow. Here, Jamie winked. Anna's mouth did not even twitch. She never had much of a sense of humor. My place is closer and less bandits, said Hermann. Anna looked up to see him standing in the doorway. Finding no fault in his logic, she nodded. Ray's shrugged, completely unsurprised and not worried at all as they left the med bay side by side. content of our podcast will always be catered to general audiences. We are safe for work. At the same time, we're here to support and showcase different authors, but sometimes we can't showcase the entire chapter. We had to cut this chapter short to keep it safe for work, but if you want to read a well-written romance, check out the rest of this fic. The link is below. It's an awesome balance of action, drama, and romance. It's time for our second course. We have some fantasy on the menu. A Call Beyond is a crossover featuring Familiar of Zero and Bloodborne Talk About Dark Magic. Amy Galda 40, spelled A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A-4-0, is on fanfiction.net with a full 10 chapters. Check out the links below or visit our featured fix page on fanramen.com. When Louise initially fails the summoning ritual, she tries again, pleading internally for something, anything, to answer her call. Her heartfelt plea reaches far out, even to the outer reaches of the cosmos where the Great Ones reside. And the Great Ones are sympathetic in spirit. Louise Francois Leblanc de la Valliere, in the name of the five Pentagon powers following my fate, summon a familiar. The girl spoke the incantation in a manner suitably dramatic for the occasion, but with perhaps a little more wand motion than strictly necessary. This is it, Louise thought to herself as she stared expectantly at the rune filled pentagram on the ground before her. 
This is the day that I prove that I am a true mage of Tristan. However, despite her words and increasingly hard stare at the pentagram, nothing appeared to be happening. A voice rang out behind her. What's the matter, Luis the Zero? Did you fail again? <laughs> Just as expected. Luis was about to turn back and give the speaker a taste of her mind, but instead bid back her words and directed a meaningful look at the teacher, Professor Colbert, overseeing the ritual. The elderly man cleared his throat and spoke with a hint of irritation in his voice. Please quiet down, Miss von Zerbst. The familiar summoning ritual is a sacred ritual dating back to the founder, Brimir himself, and requires the utmost concentration. He continued in his more usual, calm manner. Miss Valier, it is not unusual to not succeed the summoning spell on the first try. Please focus and try again. <laughs> That'll teach you to interrupt me, Zerbst. Louise took a deep breath and focused on the pentagram before her again. This time it'll work for sure. And so she chanted an incantation again with practiced intonation. But to little avail as once again nothing appeared to happen. Usually, when her spells failed, that is, every time she cast a spell, the result was quite explosive, and whoever dared to laugh at her would quickly be coughing up soot. Yet now, there was no reaction whatsoever. No matter, Louise thought. It's probably not unusual to succeed the spell the second try, either. Sure, all her classmates had gotten their familiars on their first attempt of the summoning spell, but they were just the odd ones out. In fact, her classmate Tabitha had managed to summon a dragon. That had to be unusual. <sighs> Calm down, focus, and get it right this time. She spoke to herself with conviction. Luis began the incantation for a third time. The world did not appear moved by her conviction, and once more, nothing happened. Snickers broke out from behind her. <laughs> Distraught, Louise looked to the elderly professor once more and tried, but failed, to speak with an even voice. Sir, I think I made a mistake with the runes. Can I check on them one more time? Colbert looked back at her with kind eyes. Of course, Miss Valier. The runes have to be written down exactly like in the ritual manual, or the spell won't work. Luis nodded and knelt down to examine the runes interwoven in the pentagram on the ground before her. They were perfect, of course. She had written them down at least a hundred times during her preparations for this day. Preparations that were all for naught, it seemed. Surely Professor Colbert had seen the ruins were faultless as well, or he would have stepped in earlier. He was simply giving her a last attempt out of pity. Luis almost snorted. Valier being pitied, her mother would kill her. Deciding that there was no point in mucking about on the ground needlessly, Louise stood back up, straightened her skirt, and faced the pentagram for the fourth time. She spoke no words and made no wand motions. Instead, she clasped her hand together in silent prayer. Is there anything, anyone out there who can hear these words? Please help me. I beg you. Louise stood there for a while, looking at the sky before facing reality and the pentagram entirely bereft of a familiar of any sort. She heaved a great sigh of resignation. Her classmates jeered at her again, but Louise tuned them out effortlessly. Uh, yeah, right. 
Professor Colbert placed a hand on her shoulder and probably said something reassuring, but Luis didn't hear what he was saying. No, Luis couldn't hear what he was saying. There was a sound in her head. Subtle, yet pervasive, it blocked out all other sounds. As if reeling back upon being noticed, the noise grew in volume. Luis clasped her hands to her ears, but to no avail. It was as if the noise was coming from inside her head. Luis had no words to describe what she was hearing. It was somehow a sticky sound, but but inspired in her a primal sort of fear. A fear born from a man's insignificance in front of a raging sea. Upon this realization, Luis's sight wavered for a moment before she caught a glimpse of a symbol. Yet this mere glimpse was enough for its visage to forever be burned into her brain. Numerous paths or streams of varied lengths flowing parallel to one another, each of a different kind, of a different origin. Yet no matter the stream, in the end they all converged as one going down. So deep down. Luis did not stop screaming until consciousness left her. for tuning in. If you like what we do, check out our Patreon. We have outtakes, extras, and bloopers. That's my line. You say that. (laughs) What the hell? You say it. That ugly mug in the sound booth is Kevin. I'm Lindy. This is Ralph. And And we'll we'll see see you the next time you're hungry. Right, Kevin? Kevin. Kevin. Hey. Kevin. Listen. Kevin. This podcast produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios. <laughs>